Hello, and welcome to another ISIS Energy podcast. I'm Claudia Espinosa, editor of the Mexico Energy Report, and I'm joined today by James Fowler, Senior Energy Analyst for the Americas, to talk about politics in Mexico. Welcome, James. Thank you. Great to be here. So it's been three months since the July election. We have about six weeks to go until the new government comes into power. Um, can you tell us, do we have any more clarity on the new government's energy policy? Well, in a word, no. Um, we've heard a lot of noise uh, about the government's proposed energy policies, but as to deciphering exactly what they plan to do, there's still a lot of uncertainty. We've heard from various different people close to the government that they plan, for example, to respect all the existing contracts. Um, they plan to change, the, and they don't plan to change anything constitutionally. Um, although at the same time, they talk about strengthening state control of the energy sector, promoting the role of state energy companies, whatever that means. And so there's a little bit of a, a dichotomy there in that, or a little bit of a, of a, um, a difference in that. What we have some certainty on is who will be shaping energy policy going forwards. Um, Rosio Nale has been confirmed as the Energy Secretary. That was expected. Um, she's a chemical engineer by training and worked for Pemex for many years before moving into politics. Uh, her technical background is seen as, as positive. She's got a background in the energy sector. Um, she knows how the oil and gas sector works. Um, but she's also known to have strong relationships with some of the unions, um, which could be both a blessing and a curse. Um, we also have Octavio Romero, who is the new head of Penix, seen somewhat as a loyalist to the incoming president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, rather than being a kind of uh, having any technical experience in the energy sector. Um, he doesn't have much of a background, as I say, in the energy sector, although he does come from the, um, the biggest oil producing state in Mexico, Tabasco. And so he too is expected to have a, a strong relationship with the unions, uh, the oil worker unions, um, uh, which are very, very active in that region. Finally, um, and maybe perhaps more worryingly, you have Manuel Bartlett, who has been the new, uh, named as the new head of, of CFE. Now, he's a long-time politician, um, previously with the, 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 the pre-party, which is currently the government, um, and is where the, the incoming uh, pre president, AMLO, cut his teeth. Um, and he's been an outspoken critic of both private investment in the energy sector um, and, and wider, the wider energy reform um, over the past 10, 15 years. He's vowed to do what he can to improve performance and strengthen the CFE. Although, again, it's not really clear what, what they mean by that or what, that's, what, 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 what that could entail. Really interesting. So if they wanted to, what could the new government change and, and what incentives would they have to do that? Well, constitutionally, the reform is safe. The energy reform that was passed in 2013 is safe. Um, the articles that, that really um, enabled um, or, 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 or set about the, the, the passage of the energy reform, they're, they're safe. They're, they cannot be touched for the foreseeable future. Um, However, for the, in terms of, the, um, in terms of the, the power that the new government has, they have majorities in both chambers of Congress, um, and that would give them the ability to change laws. Um, the hydrocarbons law and the electrical industry law are the two that we would be most worried about from an energy standpoint. 
Um, they were both passed in 2014 and really implemented the energy reform. They created the rules and the regulatory frameworks under which the new markets, the oil and gas market, or the oil market, the gas market, um, the power markets really operate under. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you change these laws, or by changing these laws, you could really reconfigure the relationship that the state companies have with the overall market. For example, you could give the state companies bigger roles um, in the production of oil and gas or reverse some of the um, vertical and horizontal separation, particularly in the CFE that we've seen as well, should you want to. And, and this is, of course, dependent on whether the new government actually wants to do that, um, which, as I said before, still is, is, is unclear. Um, the mixed signals that we're getting from the government appear to be part of a power struggle really behind um, the president between business-friendly pragmatists, realists, um, and some of the true believers of the ruling Morena party, or, 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 the, or these, these kind of long-time left-wing, um, left-wing politicians or, or activists um, who are, are very much in favour of, of returning the energy sector to state control. And it's really unclear right now who's going to win out in this struggle. Um, even though there's, there's just six weeks to go until the new government takes power. Really interesting. It should be exciting to watch. So which sectors of the energy industry do you think would be most at risk, most vulnerable to change at this point based on what we know? Well, I mean, from a political point, point of view, the oil industry, uh, the production of, of oil and, and natural gas um, is far more divisive and far more of a lightning rod to the general Mexican public than any other aspect of the energy sector. Uh, Mexico, like much of Latin America, has long been home to the idea of resource nationalism, the idea that natural resources like oil belong to the nation and should be developed for the benefit of the country and its people by state institutions. Um, And so the idea of private companies coming in and, and developing these resources is um, is obviously anathema to, or is obviously contrary to this kind of to this to this sentiment. Now, many in the Morena Party subscribe to this belief. It's a, it's a long-held belief by the Mexican left, um, going back 70, uh, nearly 80 years with the the, the nationalisation of the energy sector. Um, and many of these politicians who are well, Many of the, 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 the Morena politicians, Morena activists have rallied support for their cause based on this principle, um, particularly in parts of the country where the oil industry is a big employer, for example, in, in Tabasco. So from a political point of view, the oil industry is always going to be more appealing, more of a, a sexy subject and a way of um, uh, you know, gaining easy votes, um, something that would, would, would appeal to the general public and electorate. So reform of that, returning Pemex to um, a dominant role in that sector, obviously has kind of public relations benefits in that sense. However, you also have to look at the achievements of the reform so far. Um, and I think that will make it more difficult for you to return to that scenario. Um, over 120 different licenses for oil and gas exploration and production are held by the private sector now, have been granted over the past four years. Um, and the government cannot just wipe them away and still seek to attract the foreign investment they need in all other areas of the economy, um, with, but without, without, without concern. I mean, you, you, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a contrary kind of uh, statement that you're making. We're going to nationalize anything, but we still want you to invest in the economy. So that's not going to happen. Um, 
Likewise, around 25% of, of the retail market in terms of gasoline, uh, in terms of fuels, and in terms of natural gas, around 40% of the natural gas market or retail market, that, that gas which is sold to end consumers in Mexico is now being done by companies other than, than, than Pemex. The, 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 the reform has been successful in opening up these sectors and the retail of these fuels. Um, and because there are contracts involved and there are big investments involved in this area, it's, it's, it's very difficult for you to kind of reverse and push back on that trend. There's been tremendous progress in just three years to, to really create these kind of contracts and to really open up these markets. And, and, and as I say, it's going to be very difficult to try and to push that back when you've got so much money um, and it would, it would cause a lot of um, upset and, and concern um, amongst the investment community should you try to do that. One area of caution I do have though is in the power sector where the retail market is still dominated by the CFE. Um, realistically only about 1-2% of the power in Mexico um, or, or, which is consumed in Mexico on a retail basis um, is, is being sold by, by private companies operating mm -hmm. under the rules of the new market. Now, could you uh, clarify for some of our listeners what you mean by retail? So retail in terms of delivery of power to um, from the wholesale market to the end consumer, whether the end consumer be a big industrial plant, um, a um, series of commercial enterprises or the residential sector. Now obviously the residential sector that's being frozen for right now, that remains with CFE Suministro Basico. But the idea of the electrical industry law was that you would be able to, well, private companies would be able to sell power to big consumers, industrial consumers and um, commercial consumers. Of that sector um, or, or of that uh, how that works out in the general scheme of, of the Mexican energy sector, in terms of power that's being transacted through that new market, only about, as I say, 2% of, of, of all power is really transacting through that new market right now. And what um, could happen if in the power market and then if, you're, if the concerns are realized? Well, I mean, what you what you would do or what, what you could do is basically continue to mess with tariffs and continue to mess with um, continue to mess with uh, the reg regulations to really disincentivize the movement of consumers from the CFE. Mm. Uh, one of the key messages that's coming out from the new government is that they want to make the CFE more profitable. Now, obviously, if you want to make it more profitable, you don't want to chase away. First of all consumers, but especially the consumers who are paying the most for electricity, which is the industrial sector right now. Um, through the opening up of the, of the wholesale market, the qualified suppliers who can now sell to industrial consumers, the biggest qualified supplier still remains CFE qualificados. Mm -hmm. And they represent, of the qualified supply market, they represent probably about 60 or 70 percent of the qualified supply market. So even though people have moved onto the new market, they're still being served by one branch of the CFE. Yeah, something to watch. Um, so you've been in Mexico for a while now. What's, what's the overall sentiment from market participants um, about this uncertainty? Most people on the ground remain fairly or uh, cautiously optimistic. Um, that there will be opportunities in, in the Mexican energy sector going forward. And, and I, I would agree with them. Um, there is, however, definitely a sentiment of wait and see. 
companies that are, are more companies that are on the ground right now are not going to put a, a lot of new capital. They're certainly not withdrawing, or they're certainly not closing offices or anything like that. But they're not going to put a lot of new projects on the board. Likewise, any companies that have had Mexico on the radar are probably not going to get involved in the next six or twelve months until there is more clarity about what the new regime plans to do, what the energy in the energy landscape, the energy industry is going to look like under the new government. And really that's going to take, as I say, six to twelve months to, 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 to develop. The new government's pledge that we've recently seen about respecting existing contracts um, seeking further investment um, from the private sector, I think is a sign that the pragmatists, in terms of the power struggle behind the, the president, are starting to win out. Um, and for example, one of the big fears and one of the big concerns that people were always talking about pre-election was the idea of nationalizations. They're going to start taking these assets back from the private sector. That's not going to happen. I don't envisage that happening at all. However, I do think there will be some changes to the existing regulatory frameworks which, although they might not hamper investment in physical infrastructure, they could stymie the development of wholesale markets. So they could stymie the development of, like I say, the, 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 the MEM power market, um, whereby you seek to change the rules to favour the CFE and to favour the CFE's um, strong, already strong position in that sector. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that companies won't invest in power plants there because people have done that pre-reform. It does, however, slow the development of a, of a, of a full-scale market. But this is something that, again, we're, we're going to have a clearer picture of uh, over the next six to twelve months. So it remains wait and see. Fasten your, fasten your seatbelts and let's see what happens. Very cool. It should be an interesting ride. Well, thank you so much, James. Um, that's all we have time for today. But if you would like to find out more, do check out our website, www.isis.com, I-C-I-S.com. We'll be back with another podcast next week. Thanks for listening.